Man, kept waiting for that hook to drop so we can get going here. Welcome to the Golden Life on WBHF. Matt Santini in for Kevin Carroll, who was out, <laughs> and then Alan was in for Kevin, and now Alan's out, and so you got me. But if we're, you know, this is an old classic song, and talk about old and classic, it was, gosh, it was early 2000s. I sat in this chair with Andrew Knight's father in the Golden Life. The man himself. For several years, so it's a bit of a throwback. I actually thought about pulling up. We've got some of the old shows oh, God, that are on awesome. our computers and going, we should hey, you know what, do we could that. just crank that thing up I'm, a little bit. Well, the problem with that is you don't know if the information, right, information right. may have evolved a little bit. <laughs> we, can last, put, we can put a disclosure. Yeah, that would years. be cool at some information point. Information is 15 years old, but yeah. still. <laughs> the general advice still yeah. applies. Well, the general advice. The, right. wisdom, the wisdom of Chuck Knight. You're, you're, I'd, I'd be interested to see you know, what's changed economically <laughs> and what's still true with relation to the planning you know 15 years ago to yeah. today you know knowing my dad i'm thinking that he probably didn't go super detailed with any major topic no. and probably no, talked <laughs> very much relationship general you know 3000 foot view so it's probably yeah. very relative yeah, com- compliance uh, compliance got a little bit tighter <laughs> yeah and, right uh, it was like all right we can't, we don't, <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> uh, yeah we can't do that so anyway andrew nadam mo pyram so delighted to have y'all in here, be able to spend a little bit of time. Let's get right to the golden life. Yes. What are we going to yeah. be talking about today? Oh, Matt. Well, and first off, I got to say, it's a pleasure being on here with you too, man. It's, uh, it is kind of reminisce, I guess, those old old days and old times. I got to say something about old dad. I was um, having lunch with my uncle, my dad's only brother. Yeah, John. Yeah, John. I was having lunch with him uh, yesterday, actually, in Marietta. And of course, you know, great time just trying to connect, and, and we were talking, of course, predominantly about dad and fishing trips or whatever, but he said something that, you know, I'm like, God, you know, I got to get my, I got to get some stuff in order over here. He said, and I was talking to my boys about this last night, he said, you know, Andrew, I, I almost feel like part of your dad was like angelic in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just a good person. He said, I, I can remember back when I was seven and eight years old, you, 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 my dad would have been like 12, 13 at that time. He said he literally took me everywhere. You know, he had all of his buddies mm-hmm. growing up through high school. He didn't have to. He said he took me everywhere, took me up under his wing, always kept me included. He said, and, then I, and I kid you not when I say this, he said every night without fail, he would always pray because they shared a bedroom together. He would always pray and always read his Bible mm-hmm. every night. Wow. And I thought, man, you know, at such a young age, mm-hmm. like he, he, dad did, you know, he wasn't a perfect man by any means, but he, but he had it figured out, you know? And he stayed consistent. Stayed consistent. Consistent, yeah. Yeah. That, and, and I know that, you know, obviously being his son, being raised by him all these years, he was, man, just steady Eddie, consistent. You know, he had that Italian blood, right? So <laughs> we, we, we talked about yeah. that a lot. <laughs> so the emotional side was always fun to watch, but uh, but man, he was steady Eddie. So shout out to the old guy. So kind of yeah. fitting that uh, it's Father's Day weekend. We get to yeah. sit together and reminisce oh, a little bit about your dad. I didn't even, put that, together. I didn't even yeah. put that together. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, a radio good. guy. That's do those things. That's funny. <laughs> it, was, it was totally unintentional. I just realized it myself. So and we'll, then let's we'll see, Mo. That. Mo, I got. I got. Mo had a birthday gift. He, he had a birthday last week. I okay. did. I did. 42. And he Told me two years young. Okay, I've got to. I'm gonna have to take my sister out and just give her impart some wisdom. Yes, please. please. <laughs> because her gift, Matt, to Mo for his birthday was dance lessons. <laughs> <laughs> dance lessons. I'm like, you know, 
Okay. Yeah, we we did the. Uh, I feel like that's what Mo should have got her, but I know, I know, it was kind of like her gift to herself on my birthday. Yeah, that's exactly so. What uh, it is. Yeah, we went uh, text. We did two step. What? Te- what Texas two step last night? Okay. And much harder, much harder than you think. You know. Well, you know, <laughs> we're gonna wander. We're not gonna get anything accomplished yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I'm, I'm sitting there picturing. Probably a little too young to remember this movie, but Breaking. Okay, and then there was there was again it was a it was a dance thing, and the theme was people, and then there was breaking two electric bugaloo. Okay, uh, yeah, this is, sounds like breaking three. You know, one of these where the you got somebody trying to teach somebody how to dance, and you probably could have taught her a different style of dance. It's all stylistic, right. it's all stylistic, all stylistic. Yes. But uh, if you if you can keep a rhythm, then it can all make it work. It can yeah, all make it work. She she couldn't understand the fact that you know the instructor constantly said the male has to lead. Yes, and she just wouldn't. No. Dude, oh, and that's I was a, like Amber. Yes. You got to let me lead, and she was like, "Turn now." I was like, "I don't want to turn now." Yeah, we got to follow the steps. Oh, yeah, you could turn this into marriage counseling. I could turn this. Into marriage you should counseling. go. You should go dancing once a week. Actually, no. The, the <laughs> marriage counseling would be just let her lead. Yeah, just let her lead. Yeah, just do what you're told. She says left, turn left. Uh, for her birthday, are you gonna like get payback or something? I'm thinking oh, yeah. like Braves tickets or maybe uh, a guys' weekend. A guys' weekend for her birthday. Yeah, that yeah. sounds fair. <laughs> let her be there for the whole weekend and just oh. suffer through it. UFC yeah. fighting, NFL. No, I mean, she's my gosh. hate it. I go. do. I do. Got to say one more thing. We That's will get fine. to it's business. Your show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, we had. So I celebrated my 16th anniversary on Friday, which is why I wasn't on the show. Yeah. Which is crazy to believe it's it's gone by that fast. But uh, we went. Amy and I. Uh, she wanted to take me to uh, Gibbs Gardens. You ever you ever been to Gibbs? I have driven by Gibbs Gardens a, a few times on the mm-hmm. way to to playing it various golf courses right but i've never been right well it's one of those places like it, it, take the time to do it once mm-hmm. you know it's beautiful it's yeah, incredible pictures so i think they're gonna go yeah the gentleman you know just basically had this vision and and purchased what several two to three hundred acres worth of land and just since since i think the early 90s so it's not even that old um but built this garden and it is oh gosh it's it is breathtaking yeah. it's almost like a a touch of what you might think heaven would be like these you know these waterways and hmm. fish and then all these exotic trees and it's it is incredible so we we knocked that out on friday but uh Good, good local one day date day for yeah. all the guys out there. You trying to get some yeah. good advice? About an hour away. Not, not yeah, bad at all. It's not too yeah, bad. right, right. Not not bad at all. And when you get out there, you're not that far from the Bigfoot Museum. Oh, there's a Bigfoot I've Museum. Never. Oh, we'll have to Dawsonville. Ah, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Museum. He went from gardens to Bigfoot. <laughs> he just made the date go down. Listen, <laughs> words of wisdom. Maybe Anna would enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, words of wisdom. If you go to the gardens with the intent to make it to the Bigfoot Museum, it's going to fail. Uh, well, all right, Mo, we got some news of the week. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, just to knock down a few things. So our buddy Powell came out, uh, what was yesterday, right, and talked a little bit about uh, their move this month for rates. And right. they're, what, stagnant saying still. Holding the pass for yeah, this month. Yeah, basically they decided to, uh, you know, just to keep their interest rates at the current levels right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, he acknowledged that, you know, with, with uh, I think he acknowledged that inflation is what considered transitory right now. And it's driven by economic factors that are, you know, kind of related to the uh, the recovery and the, the reopening of the economy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for them, they felt that, you know, conditions right now and the tightening that they've done over the last few over a year now yeah right is the impact we're starting to see the impact but they're not done yet yeah there's still there's still a lot to be seen i want to read a, a quick statement that he said um here he says you know basically from last year the fomc has significantly tightened the stance of monetary policy they've raised it by five percentage points and have continued 
uh, covered a lot of ground and the full effects. And I think this is the, this is the one part you want to really pay attention to. Okay. And we know this, but just a reminder, um, the full effects of our tightening have yet to be felt mm. uh, in light of how far we have come in tightening policy, the uncertain lags with which monetary policy affects the economy, the potential headwinds from credit tightening today, as we discussed, leave our policy interest rates unchanged. But basically the concept that, you know, ultimately they're, they're pulling a pause today because there's still a, a major lag in the efforts that they've already, you know, put in place, the increased rates in the past to kind of see some of this come to pass and right. how it's going to affect, you know, the future trajectory of the overall economy. So I think it's, you know, it's going to be, it, obviously it's same news, different week, but it's just, you know, it's nice, I feel, to, to kind of have a break from a consistent and continuous increase in interest rates. Markets tend to, you know, have behaved that. and appreciated it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think we could also hit there for a second. There's been a, a, a lot of conversation, a lot of questions. Are we out of, you know, the season coming, you know, since, well, of course, we had COVID and then a great little run in, in 2021. But then since 2022, we've had a lot of pressure. But now the markets, I mean, literally for over a year now, okay, since what, April or May of 2022 have been pretty pretty stable and hot. Right. Um, so, you know, there's there's investors out there that are thinking, you know, maybe it's emotional thought, but is it, hey, are we are we out of it? Is this, are we settled back into a bull run? Are the market's back cranking up and rolling? And uh, I think it's a it's something we can definitely address a little bit. Yeah, if you know, if you look at the uh, October lows of last year, you know, S&P 500, for instance, is over 20%. So technically, it's in a bull market itself. Right. You know, I, I look at, but if you look under the hood, right, what's what's driving some of those, th that growth, it's really a handful of companies, mm -hmm. right? You know, you look at uh, Meta, uh, Meta, NVIDIA, Amazon, Microsoft, right? These tech companies that are, you know, still part of the S&P 500, that's really, in my opinion, driving the index up. Mm -hmm. So it's still driving the index up and again, over 20%. So yes, we're definitely in a bull market. But and if you look, if you're getting, you look really deep into the hood, I don't know if that necessarily means that all the companies in the S&P 500 are doing that well. You know, the S&P equal weighted index is only up four or five percent for the year. Right. So, uh, yeah. Are we out of it? I don't know. You know, do are our clients wanting to participate in that growth? Yes, they do. And of course they are. Hmm. But uh, yeah, kind of like Powell said, it takes some time for all the uh, the 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 measures that they put to, in place to take effect. Right. And this pause, this reprieve for now is a good sign. And hopefully for the last few days, the market has recovered. No, recovered the market has responded positively. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, hopefully it continues. Yeah. And, and I think, too, you know, remember, markets are not always based off like just true fundamentals. And what I mean by fundamentals is is the quality of the company, quality of their balance sheet, their financials, et cetera. You're, right? Unfortunately, investing is not that simple anymore. There's a lot of other aspects that impact the the performance of the overall economy. Some of it's just completely outside in and of itself, political propaganda or whatever it may be. Um, but you know what I like to do, and what we do often is just look at what leaders of major companies are actually doing. What are they doing? Right. You know, um, I met with an individual who is a. I'm actually grew up with her son. And uh, she works at a uh, local hardware store. I guess I could say at Home Depot because it's it's actually public news. But but she works at Home Depot, and um, she said that they just recently had a had a big meeting, and she didn't say that anything was you know that came out that was basically like, hey, we're pulling the reins back as a company. Worse, but she said the tone of the message of the leaders were simply, you know, things are slowing down and we're taking that type of, of thought process into how we handle staffing, et cetera, mm. you know. 
overtime, not going to get it. You know, things like that. Well, you know, for, for people that do work part-time, they're going to stay on a part-time schedule. They're not going to be able to pick up any extra hours, weekends, you know. So um, I think it's, you know, when you watch some of these moves, maybe you see the effects at a corporate level before you do from the market's response to to what we're at and where we're at economically. So, Yeah, you know, I think that's that's some of the, in some aspects, a little bit of a disconnect between what some investors are are doing or expecting from the advisor versus what the advisor the information the advisor knows and the direction that they're taking with their with their investments mm. because you know we're doing the research we're speaking with different economists we're speaking with different money managers and like you said getting a sense and a, and a pulse of what they're doing with their portfolios and the you know, clients may just see the news and just say well the market's doing this why is my portfolio doing this why am i not investing in this type of investment or this type of company or this style and as an advisor you have to be able to to tell your clients you know, this is why we're not doing it based off your risk, based off your time horizon, based off your plan. You know, this investment style or this strategy may not be suitable for you because of factors like we're hearing about Home Depot doing X, Y, Z. And so, yeah, the, the, the communication for advisors in this season right now is key to partake and, per, and relay that to your clients so they have a better expectation of the performance of their portfolios and, and why you're doing this and why you're not doing that. Yeah. And so, you know, to, to your point, expectations key. Right. And, you know, Matt, like, honestly, in our in our world of investments, right, it, it you have to manage expectations because so much of what we do is very unpredictable. Right. It's not like um, well, I guess it's like, you know, many businesses are like that. Right. Even I think back of the remodel that I just did on my house. Right. There's many variables that are a part of that remodel that are outside of the contractor's hand, right? Like, for instance, supply issues. When can I get the windows, right? They told me I could get it in two weeks. I got it in six weeks, that type of thing. But but in our, indus- our industry, it, it very much is unpredictable, especially the short term, right. right? Which is why we try to set better expectations on the on the long-term expectations of what the market will do and, and how, our investments, how, how our investments will perform. But expectation is essentially key. Well, and, and again, expectation... As, as Mo was saying about the, the expectation of the investor, very similar to a lot of your clients. Oh, of course. I want you to be cautiously aggressive, kind of like what Home Depot <laughs> said they're going to do. Yeah. I want you to be very cautious, but I want to be very aggressive. I want to give you $1,000 today, and I want it to be worth 2000 in a couple of weeks. And if not, what's wrong with you? Right. right. So, I mean, again, that's the expectation. <laughs> it's the tempering of it. And again, it's again depends on time horizons and, and whatnot. But you know, the thing that I'm in, I go back and forth about the interest rate. Again, I look at it from a personal level where my daughter has been looking for over a year to buy a house. Oh, yes. And, you know, it's just very challenging, again, for people in that age group in the mid-20s that you mm-hmm. want to be have that, that home ownership. But unless you're willing to pay more than what the – what the market's willing to bear, right? You, you end up making a bad financial decision just to own this thing, mm-hmm. which you hope is going to gain from there. But with the interest rates continuing to go up, you would hope that it would slow down the investor buying or make it not as lucrative so that, you know, you may have to have that first home purchase and pay more in interest rates. And then when everything kind of corrects itself, they'll come down and you just refinance and, you, and you've got right. the house. Right. But the fact that they hold it steady, I kind of applaud that too. Kind of what you said is like, hey, you know what? Let's stop tweaking for a minute because we know all this lags a little bit, mm-hmm. and let's see where we are because let's we don't be we don't want to we don't want to go through the overcorrection and then have to start jumping back and forth to get to that sweet spot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the 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 situation that your daughter's facing it's it, it is so tough. Mm-hmm. I mean you know because because obviously inflation is absolutely real, 
and we feel it in so many levels. And the housing, the housing market is to me very interesting to watch because you, we we have. As a matter of fact, he talked about it in a, in his speech yesterday how we have seen a pullback in housing sales or new 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 home sales, um, predominantly as a result of the increased interest rate environment. Right, that that's predominantly the issue. But but we haven't seen a pricing of, uh, change or effect. Right, and and of course that's obviously you know geographically probably based here in Atlanta, suburbs of Atlanta. Um, you know, and, and, and specifically Cartersville really is so hot. Um, oh, yeah. And there's so much pressure and going to be pressure, honestly, with the developments coming and pushing this way. Um, it, it makes it very challenging for, for people to go out there and, and make a purchase. I mean, it, it really it's tough. Yeah. Tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, my oldest is, is in the same position, you know, 21 years old, thinking about, you know, ownership. And, you know, if you look at rents, not just you know, rents is is very high right now, yeah. mm-hmm. and so you know the, the the pricing of these homes aren't going down. You rents know, ridiculous. Rents ridiculous. Well, and with, the, and with the recent assessments that have come through, and again, mm-hmm. this isn't unique to Cartersville. Right. This is yeah. My daughter's in Chattanooga, and she's facing the same thing. Chattanooga, and she's too. talking to people about what they're paying for rent. You know, in their in their rental units, and again, paying more than what she would probably be paying for a mortgage, and that's the case here as well. But with those new assessments, you know. The renters are going to be the ones paying that, and so the rents are going to continue to, to go up here, again, because it's an area of growth. It's a place where people want to be, and, you know, it's it's a free market right now, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's more product coming on the market locally that may give it some downward pressure, at least stabilize it a little bit. Well, in, the, in, a, in a free market, uh, this was brought up actually in a meeting. In a free market, there's some, some I, I would believe, layer of just greed inflation, <laughs> you know, just the reality that I can. Right. allows me to do and you know i guess you can't blame anybody right it's a free market and might as well if you can get it charge it type of mentality but it makes you wonder too like even if they even if we get a handle on inflation does that really mean pricing today resolves does it just mean we grow at two percent from here or do we actually see a decrease in pricing of goods right um and of course you know obviously shelter inflation is the term they use for rent and and mortgages and stuff like that it's yeah are we actually going to see some of that come down I hope or, so. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, it's it's hard to really fathom that. And I mean, used to, if you make $100,000 a year, man, you're knocking down a great living, you know. But you think about an average person that, that may make a really good income, eighty dollars to $100,000 a year of, of income, they're only netting after they, you know, pay for their insurance, they they fund their 401ks, they they do stuff like that. They may be funding a net 2500 every two weeks, Okay, half of that paycheck, half of that monthly income is going to pay a mortgage today because that's how much they cost. Yeah. You know, a three hundred thousand dollar, two hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage. And you say, well, why don't you buy a hundred thousand dollar home? Because they don't exist. They don't exist anymore. Right. <laughs> so you spend three hundred thousand dollars a home at a seven percent, eight percent interest rate. You know, your mortgage payment is twenty five hundred. You haven't paid the power bill, water bill. So it's, you know, as tack, far as forecast kids on top of that. Oh, man. You're talking about an individual. Imagine a family of two, a family of four five. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that's. On a hundred thousand dollars of income, that's a lot of pressure. That yeah. is a lot of pressure. And for and for you know individuals like your daughter and just you know younger individuals that are really working to get established, it's going to take a lot of financial wisdom at a very young age to not get you know in a bad position quick. You know, um, I think I think it's going to take a lot of wisdom. Yeah. But but back to you know back to expectation. Expectation is important. We were we had a, a, a very interesting conversation. We were going to cover a book, a, a topic in a book today, but we thought, man, this meeting that we had was pretty interesting. Um, there's a case that we're working on and they're not clients, but they, th- this couple 
down in Atlanta, um, have done extremely well for themselves and have, have obviously a, a re- relatively large size of assets. And they've worked with an advisor for what, 17, 17 years, 17 yeah. years. OK, it's a good relationship. Yeah, a good and, and long, long, you know, yep. yeah, right. And so, you know, they're but they're at a point where they're questioning some things. And so in this conversation, we've met with them a few times. But in this conversation, there was a few things that she mentioned that I thought was important for our, our listeners on the show just to kind of keep in the back of their mind. And that is, you know, how confusing can it be? And how challenging can it be for you to truly be on the right page uh, with your financial advisor? Mm-hmm. Okay, so to, to to mention a few points here, let's start with um, performance and 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 risk. And so risk, talk about that, Mo. Ninety four percent equity, and what did she think? Yeah, so you know we we, unlo- we uncovered uh, from her statements and their statements that. They are invested in about 92% equities and, you know, the rest in fixed income cash. And the equity positions were um, mainly in ETFs and mutual funds. And upon the conversation with their advisor, he told them that they are on a scale of 1 to 10. They're invested in a, call it a 6. Their risk score is about about a Mm 6. That's what she said. That's what she said. But when you look at their investments, it's it's kind of like, well, if you're a 6, how are 93% of your investments in equities? Right. So- that there's that disconnect right there, right? And that, it's not that their investment strategy is wrong from from that conversation, but the conversation is, are you truly at that risk level within your portfolio itself? Right. Well, and I would think of somebody that's in y'all, I'm certainly not in that business, but the, again, we're talking about the expectations. The other challenge, at least from the outside looking in, would be very similar to what doctors face, where now you're inundated with you know, well, I saw this commercial on TV and I've got these mm. symptoms. This is what I need you to subs- to prescribe for me to fix this. Mm-hmm. With so many commercials, you know, pointed towards, oh, you can do this yourself. Why you, you know, why why trust this? You can push this button and, and all this stuff is going to work for you. You know, the information that's available to the customer now that's being, and then the advertising that says, come on, anybody can do this. Right. Uh, it's, it's not accurate, just like it's not accurate to go to your doctor and want to be prescribed something because you saw a commercial for it on television. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a hurdle too, and it also it really it really changes the expectations. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a massive hurdle, and that's, and that's why somebody who's been with somebody for eighteen years and has a track record, all of a sudden starts going, you know what? Maybe we need to reassess this. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you got an eighteen year track record of how we've been charting here. Right. Why right. are we gonna make, why are we gonna make a hard right here as we right. approach the curve? And that and you know, so coming from from our position, looking at this opportunity, you know, we're mindful that hey, this is a long lasting relationship. And you know, and I've made it very clear to them that hey, w- let's take it slow and and we'll give you some, you know, obviously some things to measure and some things to consider as you walk through this process of whether or not it would be best for you to make a transition to our firm. But out of all respect, it's a 17-year relationship, right? It's not something we just want to come and, and break. And so we've been very mindful through it. But 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 teaching them – so I think to what you're what, – what the point that you were making, it, there almost has to be a balance, okay? Because this, this couple it has been a couple that said, here you go, Mr. Advisor. I'm never going to look or ask really any questions, okay? And, and what was interesting after the meeting is after 17 years, we have pointed out things that really they have missed out on, right. specifically from a taxable standpoint, because higher net worth individuals have much more complicated tax issues within their investment strategy. So we're pointing this out. And, and so after she had this meeting this week with this advisor, basically letting them know that they're on the verge, they're really trying to figure things out, she comes back and says, you know, I feel like 
after me and my husband talked that, you know, we didn't, we can't really blame them because we didn't ask the questions. And, and so, you know, my thought process is, is if you're working with a financial firm, at least from our perspective, maybe this is not true with all firms, you pay us to ask the questions, not yourself. Okay. Yes, there's, you do need to be conscious of your investment strategy. You do need to be aware of what's happening with your money. You need to be connected. It needs to be a fluid relationship, but, but to, to take the blame for what the advisor didn't do or didn't consider from a planning standpoint, doesn't make sense just because you didn't ask the question. And I think the expectation also is that, you know, you have the title financial advisor. And so someone thinks that they're, that they're working with a financial advisor, but I think the limitation that disconnect sometimes could be the expectations of what the advisor or the limitations that the advisor can do. You know, some people are just focused on investments, uh, you know, performance, and that's it. But they're not looking at the complexity behind the plans as far as like tax planning, as far as diversification. You know, he, he made a statement that diversification is really just mutual funds and ETFs. But you forget about the tax diversification within one's plan. And so I think the limit that disconnect sometimes could be that the limitations in the scope of availability, the, 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 the access that the advisor has. And are they really a true advisor? You know, last night, Andrew and I were looking at a client's trust and we we're able to pick, not pick apart, but pull out some things and some highlights of part of the trust that, you know, he goes back to his attorney and say, hey, you know, you may want to add this clause to it or X, Y, Z. How many, how many of your advisors are actually doing that or have the mm-hmm. ability to do it? And so are they really truly a financial advisor? And again, it's not to knock anyone for you know the, the limitations that they have if they're working with some of these big box firms. But again, I think part of the expectation is, do you, does, does your advisor truly have the bandwidth to really provide the true holistic guidance that one may need within their plan? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's once again, it's an expectation. Right. It, there's nothing wrong with the services out there. Uh, from different uh, a variety of financial firms. There's a lot of fantastic and great financial firms just right here in Cartersville, but it's just it's just to ensure that you as an investor has has a fair expectation of what the advisor relationship looks like, and then of course expectations on what services they can provide and and performance metrics. And I'll mention I know we're coming coming to the end of the show, but I'll mention one more thing real quick that she said that I thought was interesting. To your point, she said that the advisor's response was, "Hey, we've been together for." 17 years. And over the last decade, of course, which is easy to pull performance from because the market's been fantastic. Um, you, you know, you've averaged about an eight or a nine percent. So what does it matter trying to get 14? And, and I thought it was interesting because I thought, well, well, it does matter. Because if 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 you're taking the risk, right. if a client is paying us to take the risk that's eligible for knocking down a 14 percent and we're only getting you nine, that's an issue. Right. Clients expect us to perform in relation to their ability to accept risk. Right. And so it does matter. It does matter. And that's the key. So I guess the message of the show today is just listen, if you if you're doing it yourself, obviously, make sure you're doing it right and be, and make sure you have the right tools in place to, to be successful with your financial future. If you're not doing it yourself, make sure you have a good expectation of what the relationship looks like and, and what services you're going to be getting so that you're not missing the mark and putting something on an advisor that they've never promised to offer. This has been The Golden Life. Andrew, Mo, tell everybody how to get in touch with you. Yes, yeah, so it's very easy if you're here in Cartersville because we're right behind the courthouse, <laughs> uh, 102 North Barto Street. But just give us a call, 678-792-5855, 678-792-5855. We're your local financial team right here, family office-style business. We care about everything and all things considered with your financial future. So if you need help, have questions, give us a call. 
Tune in next week for another exciting edition of The Golden Life. I've enjoyed it, guys. Thanks for uh, sharing your knowledge, and uh, we'll be tuning in next week. Hey, it was a pleasure. My pleasure. Enjoyed it. Investment advisory services offered through Asset Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Andrew Knight and Moise Param provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company or enter offered through Asset Management Group. By contacting Asset Management Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.